Oh, I am okay. I am sharing a microphone with Sue Evans okay. Scott. <laughs> <laughs> this is like my dream. Well, it was funny when you started following me, I was like. This is three women and a bottle of wine. Three friends. Three former TV reporters. And one bottle of wine. We're delving into whatever interests us. News, not news, it's what affects our lives because it's probably affecting yours too. Mm-hmm. I'm Kim Inslee. I'm Lynn Melling. And I'm Julie Barkey. And now on with the pod. Welcome, everybody. We are here at the Red Rabbit in Minneapolis North Loop. There's also one in St. Paul, and both of them are consistently busy, which, as we know, means there's phenomenal food and oftentimes phenomenal cocktails. We ourselves are enjoying some lovely glasses of rosé and chardonnay. Oh, yes, cheers, yes. ladies. Cheers. 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 And we could not be more excited about our guest tonight. It is lovely Sue Scott, and she... I can't even encapsulate everything oh that gosh. you have done. I'm, I'm a fan. So, I'm a huge fan. I Prairie. can't contain my excitement. Lynn is, excited. Uh, Lynn so is practically a stalker. So Prairie Home <laughs> Companion, you are an actor. You just got off a successful run this spring at the History Theater with Sisters of Peace. Yes. About four Minnesota women who are siblings and nuns and like the original gangsta re- you know, yes. they activists. Right. Um, and Truly. Sue Scott also has a new podcast, and it is Island of Discarded Women. And it is it so is funny. It is amazing. I, I, I am, so I, I was running, listening to this podcast radio show and laughing out loud as I'm running down the sidewalk, and I'm texting Kim saying, this is amazing. It's just, it's, the, you're, you're a comedic genius. The writing is spot on. The, the voice acting, it's I urge every woman, man and woman to listen to this. I was like texting all my friends and yeah, stalking Sue on Facebook. And well, <laughs> I was conveniently left That's off that list, Lynn. <laughs> Just teasing. Oh, we'll Just send it teasing. to you. We'll send it to you. And we need those male allies, you know. We need Absolutely. the male allies, of course. Yes. So uh, how is life after a Prairie Home Companion? Because it's been a while, right? It's been, is it two years now or one it's year? It's been, uh, no, it's been about two and a half years, actually. Really? Well, was, or almost three. When I think about it, this June would be June 16, 2016. Was my last show on on uh, Perm Companion, and it's been different. You know, you you well. First off, you know you you um, life changes in the form of I lost my elite status on Delta because oh. I was flying all the time, <laughs> and you know it's one of those little simple things that you think, oh, big deal, right? And then you go to fly. And you're in steerage, you know, with the goats and the chickens. <laughs> yeah, welcome to the rest of us. And you're waiting, and then there's no room for your bag because all the bins are full. And you're thinking, I used to have platinum elite status for years, people. So it was that was kind of interesting to uh, um, just all the traveling that we did, and so and and being gone, being gone so many weekends a, a year. And having a car that has hardly, 16 years old and has hardly any miles on it because it would sit in the garage, you know, three or four days a week. So um, life is different um, in many, many ways. But it's, um, it's been fun to try to remake myself, reinvent and, uh, and reestablish some new things and, and get back in touch with some skills that, uh, like, like, stage like theater I hadn't done theater for two and a half decades so and I think our listeners would be really um, curious to know how you decided did did your next steps find you or did you actively pursue these next steps well um, 
first off, you know, the, the large elephant in the room is uh, leaving the show was not my choice. So you're dealing with, okay, now what? Uh, along with, wait, what just happened? So I, I found I had a need to use my radio theater skills. And um, I thought, okay, public radio, how do I stay in public radio? And that's not necessarily something that you can snap your fingers and go, oh, I'll just start a new radio show or I'll do something like that. Podcasts seem like a really good fit, something that I could start on my own. Who knows if it would be successful, but I could start it on my own. And then it also allowed for me, uh, it, it could become a platform. And I could speak out, speak up, um, try to make a statement, try to figure out where I was in the world and find all these other women who are also trying to find their place and navigate through that um, self-esteem busting thing that happens when it is not your choice to be released from the job you had for 24 years. And I just have to say, you owned it so well. Uh, listening to the show, the way you approached it, the way you navigated it was was beautiful. Um, I just And I think so many women can relate to that. I think I think a lot of us women, we either we have been discarded or there's that fear of being discarded. I think there's trying to figure out your footing. Um, but I just love how you just sort of took the bull by the horns and you went there and you weren't apologetic about it. And um, well, you know, satire is a very positive, uh, very powerful tool. And I thought, okay, with satire, you can you can also get away with some things, but you can also say some things in a way that it might be easier to hear or easier to accept. Uh, and and it's my background, uh, the acting part of it, the comedy, the humor, um, um, either shining a light on or holding a mirror up to the you know the topic. So I thought, well, I knew I wanted to do radio theater. I knew I wanted to be satire and to kind of make this point about what do women do, how do we cope, and, and in that situation when we have been told, in my situation, I was too old at 59. So you, and, and where do you go from there? Do you retrain yourself? Do you go back to school? Do you... And I, and I was hearing from all these different women, and I thought, well, let's just put this together in a podcast. But I also wanted to have real conversations. Mm-hmm. So, the, so the podcast that I'm doing is a mix. So it has the radio theater satire, original songs written by this incredible singer-songwriter in town, and she's written songs for this podcast in particular for this subject. And, uh, and then, there's re- then there's a podcast on the podcast. Right. So on the island of discarded women... Everyone washes up if you've been discarded, dismissed, put out to pasture, swept under the rug. And then everyone has a job. And my job on the, po- on the podcast is to host the podcast. So, what do these women do? Well, they have jobs. I mean, everyone contributes, you know, to the community. And what do you do? On the island. Well, I don't know if you remember, I scored a job to be the host of the Island Podcast. Wait, there is a podcast on your podcast? That's right. Why? Because I want to talk with women who have inspiring stories to share, of you know, facing obstacles and, and ultimately finding the strength to overcome them. Why? Because I'm inspired by them. So these inspiring women, they live on the island too? Uh, no, no, actually they don't. They're just very inspiring and awesome women. 
I've got a lot of pushback from people saying, why don't you do one or the other? Just do the radio theater or just do the interview. No, and I'm going, no, why, not. It why works. do I want to? And then other people go, well, it's different. Why not? I'm like, yes, yeah, do I'm, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do both. Plus, I, don't you just do what you, you should do what you want. Yes. It's your podcast. I'm, I'm the one spending the most money. One thing that I found was really refreshing about this, um, because the title would lead you to believe that, oh, it's just, you know, for women over 40, they're going to get this, right? You included younger women uh -huh, in this. You uh -huh. include the full spectrum yeah. of women, um, which leads me to believe that this is a, something that resonates with any woman. I was... I, I shouldn't say shocked, but I was mildly surprised, if not very surprised, at the women who were approached me. Um, the 19-year-old kid at Augsburg, who, she's the young Hmong actor in, in the cast. She's fabulous. And she said, oh, I so support what you're doing. Oh, the patriarchy in the Hmong community, which he wrote into the script, is so suffocating and, and I... I we, we should be more evolved by now. It's 2019. I don't understand it. I don't get it. I don't get how the elders talk to me and how they, how I'm supposed. And I, she said, I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. She feels um, that she's not appropriate in certain, certain situations when she's just herself. She's not the quiet one, the one that helps in the kitchen. And she's too outspoken. She's too social. And, and young Asian girls are not supposed to be that way. So then there's the 35-year-old stepped out of corporate America to have two children. She's a four-year-old and a nine-year-old. She dusts off her resume, tries to go back to work, and they're asking about the age of her children and concerned about, well, that first stuff he knows and you go home. You drop what you're doing, you go home. And she hears from a friend that there's sort of a under-the-table term called an unreliable worker that means, oh, when your kids are a little older maybe, but by then she's got a bigger hole in her resume, mm -hmm. and she goes home thinking, you're not gonna ask my husband. Would they ever ask mm -hmm. my husband? Well, how old are your kids? Oh, I don't know, you, you have a young one at four? I don't know. So, so and, this kid, and this woman is 35, so I'm thinking, come on, everybody on the island, let's all get on the island, we're gonna find our voice, we're gonna find our power, we're gonna find our self-esteem again, our self-worth and we're gonna do it together and that's what I'm embracing. So and empowering. so does anybody else have this vision of, you know, in Rudolph, the island of misfit toys? Yes. I have this total <laughs> I, vision I, of the island I'm of that misfit toy. Yeah. <laughs> All of us are women kayaking out to that island right mm -hmm. now, but we have our kayaks to get off when we need to. Yeah, well exactly. And I think, you know, obviously there's humor, there's there's fun, but there I wanna tell real stories even on the island. Um Real moments, poignant moments, simple moments. The anger room where you can the go in room. and break things. <laughs> yeah, the is, anger room. Is that where you are in my house? That sounds like my bedroom. Yeah. <laughs> kidding, you go in kidding. And, uh, yeah, right, right. There's this di all the different rooms and you can do things. I'm holding and, back yeah. from saying something here. <laughs> so uh, what kind of reaction have you, have you gotten? Because you did one of these in front of a live audience, yes. which I thought was genius. Yeah. So we got invited to, to perform live, to do a live taping at the Women's Expo end of, uh, this, this past January. And um, I just, we went for it. We thought, let's just do it live. And Anne Bancroft uh, agreed to be my special guest sort of on the podcast on the podcast. She was terrific. And her story is all the gender bias that she's dealt with as an explorer. Mm -hmm. And so that was fascinating to me is how, she, how she's pushed through that or accepted it or not accepted it and thought, 
okay, I will just keep nudging and keep pushing and keep trying to force that envelope open. And so that was really inspiring. And, but that live audience reaction. So now, of course, everyone's hearing, because we just have the two episodes, the one that was recorded in a studio setting and a little bit outside as well. And then this live with live sound effects and live music. And everyone's saying, oh, you got to have the live, live. So I'm gearing up to do these live now once a month. That's fantastic. Once a month? Can, okay, where yeah. can you buy tickets? Well, no, well and, and right now, and I think, <laughs> Sign me up. Right, and we're looking for spaces, and one, one, op, one option is uh, a French Meadow Bakery on Lindale has a brand new room oh. called the Nord Social Hall, and she's, Lynn Gordon, the owner, is really trying to find um, fun, interesting performance-related, music-related theater, whatever. Nice. And Spoken. the Eggs Benedict's there are the best in town. So, I can... We're going to try, our next live uh, podcast will be there, hopefully sometime in late May. Sue, I really want to hear about your play, Sisters of Peace. It just sounds absolutely fantastic. It was about these uh, the four McDonald sisters, as Kim was saying, in, uh, and their sibling, sisters and sisters. And they, uh, the youngest, Jane, was the role I played. And, and in the, uh, right after the Vatican II, which happened in the, in the early 60s, 62, 63, when they, when they stopped wearing habits and they started going out in the community and having jobs, teaching class, school and in hospitals, that kind of, without, you know, without all the, the full habits and everything. And Jane uh, goes in 1969, she, go, she hears a peace activist talking about the Vietnam War the, night, the day before the moratorium, the, the Vietnam moratorium. And she just becomes so taken by it uh, when she hears the death count that has happened uh, in Vietnam. So she goes to, the, to her very first peace rally and is, and is uh, distraught and convinces her sisters to start coming to these rallies with her. And they all just have decide that that's their calling. That's their calling. And have been peace and social justice a- activists ever since. They, the, the, the vigils on the Lake Street Bridge that still happen every Wednesday afternoon, and they're there. Uh, they're often, How old are they now? Well, the youngest, they're, uh, the youngest is 83 and the oldest is 97. Wow, that is fantastic. And the two older um, are slowing down a little bit, but the, but the one, the 80, uh, Jane 83 and Bridget 86 are just pistols and they're out there and they are so inspiring and you really feel like you're in the presence of grace when you're with them. But, uh, but they're very, very determined and they just walk the walk and talk the yeah. talk. And, and was it a little intimidating to play somebody who yes. is still alive and is such a presence? Yes, very. And, and to try to pick up their essence and not necessarily get cooked, cooked on trying to do an impersonation. And we kind of uh, got rid of that quickly in rehearsal for all of us. It's like that, there was another layer that just would have, would have taken the honesty out of it. So it was more of just picking up their essence how would Sue Scott play Jane McDonald as opposed to I'm going to now try to just be Jane McDonald in in every form and then you think but then there's a way that there there's a anyway so it was it was incredible the show sold out we added all these performances the sisters were there many many times they got nieces and nephews from all over the country that flew in all the peace and, and, and social justice activists showed up. Anybody that they've been arrested with. Often in the curtain <laughs> speech, my husband would say, who's been arrested with the sisters? <laughs> and all these hands would go up. Uh-huh. Wow. Uh, so it's quite a story and uh, very inspiring. And um, 
And I'm inspired closed. to get arrested uh, with them now, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, right, right. Well, so, Sue, we need to take a little bit of a break. Before we do, though, would you please indulge us and maybe can you, are you illegally allowed to do a voice from Perry Home Companion? Sure. Oh, oh absolutely. What are they going to do, fire me? <laughs> <laughs> what, is, what was your favorite? Oh, my favorite. Well, my, my, I don't, you know, I love them all, as we say, as you would say with your children. But um, one of my, my, the, the last voice or the last character that we did that we I embodied for years and years was um, the mother, Dwayne and mom, that the oh, yeah. phone calls. Oh, I loved that. Yeah, those, the phone calls. Those were a lot. Oops, I'm hitting the mic. Those were a lot of fun. So they would be like, Dwayne, honey, it's your mother calling. <laughs> Honey, I know you're very, very busy. I just wanted to check in with you to make sure you've got your air conditioning on, honey, because it is so hot out there, honey, and you could, you know, you could faint from the heat. And if you fainted and hit your head, you could die, honey. So I just want to make sure it's on. Is it on, honey? Okay. Oh, my gosh. All right. Now here, talk to your dad. So... My dad is going to be so jealous. I am sharing a mic with Sue Effing Scott, you guys. I'm so... I can't... Even believe it. Okay. My middle gonna... name actually is Lynn. Yeah. Oh, really? Then yeah. It's a it's sign. My, my okay. middle name it's is Lynn. Oh, no, we oh. thought it was effing. <laughs> I know. It is now. It's totally effing now. I like effing better. <laughs> All right. We are going to take a quick break. We're going to thank our sponsor. We've come back the final flight. Three Women and a Bottle of Wine is supported by 515 Productions. 515 Productions is a video production business with base camps in Minneapolis and Des Moines, Iowa. Ian, who's so great, and his crew understand the art of creative storytelling, and they know how to make video look really, really good. Learn more at 515productions.com. Our logo was created by Aaliyah DeSalt, a creativity guru offering art workshops to everyone from business executives to book clubs because we all have untapped creative potential just waiting to be unleashed. You can find her contact information on our website. You can stay up to date on our podcast by checking out our website, threewomenandabottleofwine.com. You can also connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, where you'll find behind-the-scenes photos and, of course, much, much more. Be sure you don't miss an episode. Subscribe to our show on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back. It is time for the final flight with Sue Scott. This is just where we ask you some random questions to get to know you a little bit better. Is there, is there a clock ticking? No, there is not. I only just have a so many seconds clock. To, to spit it out. Isn't the clock always ticking? The t- clock is always ticking. It's true. Okay. All right, go ahead. Sue Scott, best thing about being your own boss? Um, the best thing about being my own boss is I have creative control. Can I say what the worst thing is? Sure, absolutely. Is it's horribly exhausting because <laughs> you're creatively control of everything, and it's a lot of a lot of effing work. If we could use that, that's kind of our theme word. But it's very, it's very, uh, but it's invigorating and 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 and, and terrific. Yeah. All right. Next, the woman you most effing admire, and why? <laughs> well, I. I mean, just because we've been talking about Jane McDonald, I feel like she's just front and center on my mind. And what's interesting to me is I grew—I actually grew up with peace activist, progressive parents. So we were that we we kind of did that thing. We kind of we kind of lived in that world. And to see someone who is still, and she has not given up hope, and she's determined that wars will end, peace will come, and all you need to do is listen to each other, even if you have opposite views. 
And if you voted for someone that, that, that she didn't vote for, that's okay. I want to hear your opinion. And I still love you. And I still appreciate you. And to be around her uh, and, and to sort of embody her these last few months, um, I just, uh, I'm, I'm even more inspired to keep going forward in my own life, in my, in, in my own ideology, and with this, my own podcast, all that stuff, because she has this stick-to-itiveness that is just incredible, and, and that sense of grace along with it. Well, you are on an island of discarded women, right. so maybe my, I already have my answer, but what is your favorite way to relax? Um, I would say to go for a lovely walk. Mm-hmm. Yeah, to go for, for a lovely walk, and or have a glass of wine. But you could also combine those. I mean, not walk and drink at the same time. Please, people, do not walk and drink at the same time. That is not, children, don't be listening to this. But walk and then drink. Well, she is effing Sue Scott. Sue effing Scott. Sue effing Scott. Thank you. Island of Discarded Women is the podcast. Listen to it, people. SueScott.com. Uh, no, it's actually SueScottEtcetera.com. Somebody already had SueScott.com. Oh, SueScottEtcetera.com. <laughs> yes, and then it's also IslandOfDiscardedWomen.com. And we want to thank Red Rabbit in Minneapolis and St. Paul for their hospitality for three women and a bottle of wine and Sue Scott. Thank Ding. you. We'll see you next time. Thank you, guys. Sue Scott is going to be at French Meadow Bakery and Cafe's new Nord Social Hall. That's happening on Sunday, June 9th for a live taping. And you can watch the website, Island of Discarded Women, for more information. And watch the Nord Social Hall website for more information. Coming up next time on Three Women and a Bottle of Wine, her Minneapolis yoga studio is growing like wildfire, and she says it's because more and more people want to slow down. We will chat with Lucia Yes, owner of Yes Yoga, about tips and tricks on how to achieve mindfulness. And this can happen even when you're cleaning the house. (laughs) Isn't that crazy? (laughs) Yes, you did hear that right. She will also explain how the outdoors influence her yoga practice. So everybody, take a deep breath and join us back here next week.